When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Score North on AM 1500 KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis, 94.5 KSTP FM St. Paul HD2 and on scorenorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Yes, it is on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. The only place where you're going to find Vikings talk five days a week, every weekday at noon, right here on Score North on 1500 and skornorth.com. Also streaming live at YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. If you want to get in on the action, 651-646-8255 or tweet us at skornorth. I'm Rami Makloff along with Judd Zolgad. Manny Hill on the other side of the glass, ready to talk some Vikings. Vikings ready to talk some football, Judd Zalgad. You ready to go? Most I, definitely. Yeah. I know your interest in the AAF dwindled after one. It's week. the Alliance, okay? <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you it's the Alliance? They it's don't the Alliance wanna, of they, American Football. They don't want to be called anything but the Alliance. And I watched at least um, maybe a little bit of a quarter at the bar on Saturday. <laughs> so that's what were your takeaways, Judd? What were your um, takeaways after less than one quarter? The provider beer was really good. Good. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my takeaway. Provider's is, a go-to Zolgad staple. And when it comes to the AAF, I refuse to call it what you're asking me to call it. When it comes to the AAF, that's a, that's the best takeaway you can get from it, Do you which recall, is that the beer was good. I believe it was during the uh, uh, time Paul Tagliabue was commissioner of the National Football League. Do you guys recall there was a period of time where the league came out and was very adamant that nobody should call them exhibition games? They're preseason, pre-season games. They're not yes. exhibitions. They're no. preseason games because Don't. they're competitions for just... And I always thought that was the funniest thing because that was asking anybody in our business to then always call them exhibition games. Right. Exactly. It's like, don't ever tell... Especially me. Like, I'm a child. Everything you tell me not to do, yeah. I'm going to do it repeatedly until, yeah. <laughs> until you lose your mind. So, so the league was basically <laughs> trying to make it like those games actually like really, really meant something. Absolutely. But you, I suppose it makes sense because the way they were charging admission right, for those games, it right. They but, were charging as if it meant something. But it's an invitation to people in our end of the business when you tell them, "Hey, from now on, always call it a preseason game." That is an open invitation to then always call it an exhibition game. <laughs> but we have, uh, like re- Rami just said, we have real football to talk about this afternoon, including at about twelve twenty. We'll continue our position by position breakdown of the Vikings this offseason. Judd and I uh, went through the quarterback position last week. Today, we'll get to defensive backs, and uh, at about twelve forty. 
More fuel to the Antonio Brown to the Vikings fire. Much to the pleasure of myself, Phil Mackey, Matthew Collar, Manny Hill, basically everybody but Judd Zolgad. So we'll get to that at around 1240. And there was, there is more reckless speculation than that to get into as well. Maybe even more reckless, reckless speculation, <laughs> if that makes any sense. But first thing we wanted to get to was uh, Bill Barnwell of ESPN.com. He had five moves to improve every team in the NFL and uh, wanted to run through those and what he thinks the Vikings could do to improve their roster this offseason, Judd. And uh, point one that Mr. Barnwell makes, he says, extend Sheldon Richardson. The Vikings have some tough choices to make on defense, thanks in part to the fact that Kirk Cousins has a $29 million cap hit, the third highest in football. There's also no way to meaning, meaningfully restructure Cousins' deals, so the Vikings basically have to let it ride and make cost savings elsewhere. Would you try to extend Sheldon Richardson and ease some of the cap hit? That he uh, that he has right now. Um, I probably would try and extend him, but here's the problem: is he going to go for that? And if he doesn't, and I actually have to pay him uh, quite a bit because if I'm not mistaken, he played last season on a very favorable deal because his his career at that point had taken a downturn and been a disappointment. And he's a good player, so because we've already talked about the prospect of having to restructure and or release and or possibly trade defensive players. Keeping Sheldon would be nice, but it has to be done on, on my terms as well. So if he basically says, okay, gentlemen, I had a really strong 2018 pay-up, multi-year deal, I can't do it. So point one that Barnwell brings up is a is a nice luxury if you can do it, but would I move financially heaven and earth to keep Sheldon? No, I would not. And he made uh, $8 million last year. That's you're, a good contract. You're, you're not going to franchise tag him. If you were, no. that, that number would be somewhere around $15 million per year. That's certainly something that you're not going to do. He he, The contracts that he has in here uh, that he says Sheldon Richardson's next deal could be comparable to is Star Lotulele. Did I say that right? He has a uh, five-year uh, five $50 million deal. Uh, he also says that Richardson could join his fourth team in four seasons this March, but for something in the range of $10 million per year, both sides would be satisfied. Is that is that a fair price tag in your mind probably, for Sheldon Richardson? It probably is. It probably is, but if I'm the Vikings, am I paying it? I don't know. That's This, this all goes back to who are you going to restructure? Who are you going to possibly trade? And probably, uh, more top of mind, who are you going to let go off your roster entirely to create room. I would not, if I can bring Richardson back on another shorter deal that is, that is fair, I do it, but this is not priority one. This cannot be, it cannot be. This goes back again to Zim loves his defensive guys, right? Right. And he wants them all back and that's all well and good. But if this is going to work like it should in 2019, I got to be fair on both sides of the ball here. And I can't have a guy like Sheldon break the bank. The way I see it, he was brought in as basically a, you're coming off a disappointing year, make good, and we'll see. I am not now going to give him a multi-year rich contract that's going to uh, potentially cripple me in another area. Man, Um, did you have something on this? Well, I was just going to say, so what would you give him then? My problem is I would probably go too, too low on the term. I would probably go max three years. Three years in... 35, 36 don't, don't you think somebody else is going to step up and, and pay him? It seems like somebody else will swoop in and try and break the bank for him. I think they I think they will. 
he'd be foolish not to test the market because there's because there's a few teams that have like a ton of cap space. And I feel like whenever you're dealing with a guy like Sheldon Richardson, who who has has success in this league, and he's he's at that point in his career where you're not sure if he's still got it or if it's if if he's about to hit that cliff and and production is about to drop off. Those guys can usually find one team who still believes in them and thinks they can bring them in and 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 make them a productive football player, more productive than maybe they would be elsewhere. So I think Sheldon Richardson is going to find the money that he's looking for somewhere if it's north of that $10 million price tag. And if the I wouldn't go much higher than that $10 million per year price tag if I'm the Vikings. I don't know about you guys. No. No, I probably I would not either. No, nope. yeah. no. Nope. And don't don't you guys think too with Zimmer with the reputation that Zimmer has as hardcore defensive guy, been a terrific defensive coordinator for most of his career. Don't you think they're at a position now where they need to try and they need to try and boost this offense as much as they can? Like that's where the money should probably go. And on the defensive side is where like the development of Younger guys needs to come about, and they need to try and find some diamond in the roughs, like a guy that mm-hmm. can step into that three technique defensive tackle role and might only cost six or seven million dollars a year. And that's completely and, fair. Yeah, and it's like, okay, Zim, you're a defensive genius. Coach this guy up, make this guy better than what his contract is, because that's what you do as a as a defensive guy. So, buzz the top thing. All right, number two move that could improve the Vikings this offseason, according to Bill Barnwell. It's a two parter. He says, let Anthony Barr leave and negotiate with Everson Griffin. They have just $5.8 million in cap space before even signing, uh, re-signing Richardson, which was his the first thing that he would do. He says, uh, Griffin, 31, still an effective player, but Stephen Weatherly played well in Griffin's absence, and Minnesota would create $10.5 million in cap space by releasing their three-time Pro Bowl tight end. The Vikings could instead ask Griffin to take a pay cut or keep him around for another season, they hold on to Griffin. They should create a similar amount of space by releasing the duo of Sandejo and Remmers, but the Vikings are weaker at safety and along their offensive line than they are at defensive end. And I heard Matthew Collar talking about this a few weeks ago, that if you look at some of the pass rushers that are out there on the market, mm-hmm. and I know I know Griffin has, has done a lot of good things for the Minnesota Vikings and has earned the respect and the loyalty of a lot of Vikings fans, but when you're talking about the business of the NFL and putting together the best roster you can put together with the money that's available to you, paying a 31-year-old defensive end who's probably coming off his worst season in four or five years is not the wisest thing to do all the time. And Hunter now would go from left end to right, right end. Uh, Part one of this I completely agree with. Barr is gone. Yeah, I think he's just going to be all on the same page. Barr is gone. Uh, Part two is Griffin comes back on my terms. So it, it's on my terms completely. Mm-hmm. I go to him, I say, we're tearing up your contract. You got one of two choices. You can either go explore the market and or here is an offer. Once again, about three years, that's it. But Griffin at this age and and with his off-the-field issues has gotten paid. Like he's gotten paid. Mm-hmm. So at this point in time, I say, we'd like to have you back. We uh, certainly have a guy in Hunter who is now our star rush end. So... Here are the terms. And if you want to come back, that's great. You can. And if you don't, that's fine, too. And the other side of it, too, is we've talked about, we've talked about this before. You know, Everson had his the, the off-the-field situation where he missed a few games. But when he came back, he just was not the same guy that 
we had all grown accustomed to seeing the previous handful of years. He just wasn't an effective player at all, really. And I think the question is, is that more of is that more of an anomaly because of the off the field thing that he had and it was just coming back just wasn't he just wasn't really himself? Or is that a sign of things to come with him? And age too, yeah. Yeah, and age. I yep. mean, you look at where he's no, at. No, he is. His... Uh, he he is. Uh, here is the offer. Do you want it? Yeah. And if you don't, that's fine. More times than not, and there are exceptions to this rule, but more times than not in the NFL, when production starts to decline and you've reached the age of thirty or thirty-one, the arrow almost never goes back up. Correct. Right. You know what I yep. mean? So if you're expecting Everson Griffin to be revitalized and re-energized next season. Again, could happen. We've seen guys do it before, but the arrow rarely points back up right. once a guy's production has started to drop at age 30. That is absolutely key cap space, though. Absolutely, yeah. So, And at this point, it's every dollar counts. Uh, mm-hmm. Number three, Bill Barnwell says, rework the offensive line, dot, 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 Again, he says, let's go to <laughs> no Red- duh, Bill. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. He says, let's get to Rebels here. One of the many spring pursuits we see as Minneapolis throw it, throws out his GM Rick Spielman reconfiguring the O line, a unit that has improved and declined in almost perfect harmony with the Vikings' broader success over the past five seasons. Let's try to narrow down the game of musical chairs, he says. Third line center or third year center Pat Elfline is going to stay at the pivot. Brian O'Neill, a second round pick last year, who impressed right tackle in his rookie season is penciled in to start there in 2019. Rashard Hill uh, started the season at right tackle, but he's probably Minnesota's swing tackle in 2019. Remmers, who originally was signed to play right tackle, moved to right guard. We know all this last season. He is likely to be released, which would free up $4.6 million in cap space. We're left with three spots in the starting lineup, one of which will go to Riley Reef, and we don't know which one yet. We've heard about him getting moved around. What do you do with the offensive line, Judd Zolgad? Um, let's see here. Where should I start? There's a lot. There's a lot to get to, to go over here. All right. For the short term, unless you draft a, a tackle who you're incredibly wowed with, and I mean, and I don't mean you think he's going to be good. I mean, you think he can step in day one and be really good which is not probably going to be the, the case and is probably not a fair expectation. Riley Reef, at least to start the season, stays at left tackle. Remmers, you can let go. But let me make one thing very clear. The Vikings screwed him. They signed him to play right tackle, mm-hmm. and he was serviceable there. I don't want to say he was great, but he was a serviceable right tackle. And then they had injuries late in the 2017 season and got the wild hair, stupid idea that this guy could play left guard, which, by the way, he had never played before in his life, as far as we know. And then they moved him to right guard, and yet he was a better right tackle. So, yes, at this point in time, he will be let go. But the obituary to his Vikings career should not be, this was his fault. The obituary should be the Vikings screwed this guy. Here lies Riley Reef. The or excuse Mike me, here, lies, here yes. lies Mike Remmers. So, the Vikings screwed him. So let's make this very <laughs> let's make this very clear. The Vi- the Vikings screwed up. Uh, left guard is the key position to me, and and you're either going to draft a, a guy. This whole Reef and and again, people in Egan, listen. Are you really going to move this guy who played left tackle in Detroit and then right tackle? And I don't think, once again, he's ever played guard. Are you really going to be so stupid as to think that you can move him to guard? Anyway, long story short, address either via the draft, 
free agency. And this does not need to be a Pro Bowl player. This needs to be a nice player, all right? Let's make that very clear. This needs to get you back to the offensive line that you provided in 2017. 16 and 18 were disasters. Left guard is the position to address. See, to me, and especially when you're in a place where you're at right now with the Vikings offensive line, it's just about getting the five best guys out there. If that means moving Riley Ree from tackle to guard, then so be it. And a lot of this depends on what you end up doing in the draft, what you do in free agency, who you might have on your roster now that you think might be ready to step up and start if if you have somebody like that within the organization. I have no problem with moving him to guard if that's if that's the way to get your five best offensive linemen but if you can't on the play field, guard, whoever it's not they fair. might be. Mike Remmers is not a good guard. And the Vikings moved him. Like, the positions are not interchangeable. So if you're right, that's fine. But we just saw a guy who was a serviceable right tackle get moved to the guard spots and take a huge step backwards. That's the Vikings' fault. So why would you, if Riley Reef had a resume that screamed, okay, I used to play guard, and then I got moved to tackle, and I'm going to go back and play guard, and I can play there. But again, you're, you're just going to be repeating the same mistake. So I don't get that one. Man, I wonder. I wonder too how much of this has to do with just finding stability within the a the scheme and b with the coaching staff with the offensive line. I mean, you you look at and Collar talked about this earlier um, or early last week about when you look at New England and New England has had different guys in and out on that offensive line too, but they've got a scheme in place, you know, a concept with that line. And Dante Scarnacchia has been that offensive line coach forever. So there's yeah. stability on this. So I wonder if with the Vikings too, and and listen, the, the Sperano thing last year, that was tragic and unfortunate, and that was not the Vikings' fault what happened there. But I think just finding stability and identifying, you know, finding an identity within that offensive line via your scheme, whatever that's going to be, with Rick Dennison, that's going to be a big part of it, too. Well, I think the scheme can help, but if you take the personnel and put them in positions that they can't play, you're a moron. And by the mm. way, if anybody, you just made the crucial Zolgadian mistake. Never reference the Patriots. <laughs> if anybody at TCO Performance Center walks into Zimmer's office and said the Patriots do, you're fired. I'm not saying do what Dennison, the Patriots you're fired. do. I'm just saying find some stability in that in that aspect. But of don't the you? Team. But don't you think it starts off by putting your personnel in the best positions possible? And I'm not even yeah. saying saying that Reef is a a great left tackle. He's not. I just think moving him to guard is inviting disaster. But I, but I, but I, I, I mean, I agree. But I also think the scheme is a big part of that oh, because yeah. within your scheme, if you're doing things that play to the strengths of your offensive line, they're going to have success. I mean, you look at Pat Elfline, 2017. What did we see Pat Elfline be really, really good at? Pulling out yeah. and going oh, yeah, downfield on screen plays and everything. Their scheme so you you find you find the right scheme for the personnel that and you don't have. Elfline too have success. was hurt. Elf yeah. Elfline tried to come back, he couldn't. But yeah, you need to have this new offense needs to have a scheme that's responsible. But you also have to be asking those the, the players within that scheme to do things they're capable of doing. Uh, numbers four and five of Bill Barnwell's five things to improve the Vikings this offseason lead right into what we want to talk about in the second segment of the show. And in the third segment of the show, I'll just give them to you real quick. 
Number four, explain, ex, ex, excuse me, explore the trade market for Trey Waynes. And we're about to put our focus on the defensive backs here on Purple Daily in the second segment of the show. And then uh, number five, he says, add a third wide receiver to replace Laquan Treadwell. And uh, we'll get into some Antonio Brown reckless speculation before we get out of here at one o'clock. You're listening to Purple Daily Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and streaming live right now. You can see Judd and I's beautiful faces and my horrible posture if you just stream us live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch, and we're back right after this. Hey, it's easy to listen to Score North on 1500 on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, Judd. Awesome. Alexa, fire a coach. No, 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 no. It's Alexa, trade everybody. Judd, no, it's Alexa, open Score North. Alexa, more hockey. I want more hockey. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, and you can listen to Score North on 1500. Alexa, open Score North. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. This is fantastic. Okay. Hey, who are you? Score North. What? Score North. What? Minnesota sports. What? Anytime, what? anywhere. What? Scorenorth.com. It's Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Also streaming live right now at YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. If you want more Vikings content, check out Matthew Collar's Future of the Vikings series available right now at scorenorth.com. We also have a Purple Podcast, Vikings Vent Line. If it's Vikings programming you're looking for, just go to scorenorth.com, go to your Score North app or wherever you download podcast and search Score North Vikings. If it's a Twins content, Content that you're also looking for, and if you're listening live, Touch Em All is coming up at one o'clock, and uh, Twins GM Thad Levine will join us from uh, Twins Camp in Fort Myers nice. at one forty-five. He'll be sitting alongside the uh, pasty Derek Wetmore, our Twins reporter. He'll be uh, on live with us. That's coming up at one o'clock. Right now, we were uh, just going through five moves according to Bill Barnwell that the Vikings could make this offseason to improve their team and uh, we had gotten through three of them and today Judd as we go position by position and breaking the Vikings down this offseason number four goes perfectly into the focus on defensive backs that we wanted to have today he his number four thing that the Vikings could do to improve the team this offseason explore the trade market for Trey Waynes and he explains it by saying one other way to free up space would be to move on from Waynes who has a nine $1 million cap hold for his fifth year option. Uh, he talks about earlier in his career that consistency was an issue, but he's 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 matured and, and developed, and that's that's no longer the case. Great tackler, too. He says, are the Vikings likely yeah. to sign Waynes to an extension, though? It's a tough call. He'll be hitting free agency in 2020 as a 27-year-old who looks to be a very solid number two corner, if not a true shutdown top tier player. And uh, these guys make quite a bit of money. One guy who he uses as an example is Malcolm Butler, who picked up a five-year, $61.3 million deal last offseason. So if they want to keep Trey Waynes around for the long term, it's going to cost them. So would the smartest thing to do right now be to explore the trade market for Trey Waynes and and move on? This is the first one uh, that we have gone through of this checklist that I say absolutely yes on. It really intrigues me because his... Fifth-year option is a ton. His value right now, given the progress that he's made as a player and his age, is probably fairly high. Mike Hughes is going to come back from the torn ACL probably early in the season at some point. Mackenzie Alexander, to the credit of this team, because I never saw this coming, has definitely improved himself. And 
Zimmer has proven himself to be a quarterback or a cornerback whisperer. He's right. done a fa- he does a fantastic job. The defensive back uh, f- field of this team is continually again and again, I think, very solid. They've developed Trey Waynes. They deserve credit for that. But does that also mean that there's an opportunity here to take him to market, shop him, possibly trade him, save more cap room again, and also replace him with a very competent player? I think the answer is yes. So this is the first one that Barnwell has where, if nothing else, I explore it for sure. And if I can get the right return, I probably do it. I think it was last week on the show we were exploring the possibility of trading Xavier Rhodes to to free up some cap space. If you were going to part ways with one of those two guys via a trade, which one would you be more willing to let go? I think Wayne's at his age and at the end of this contract is intriguing. Uh, Rhodes, so the issue with Rhodes is, is could, could you get a team to take that contract at his age intact? And the answer is probably yes. But I think if I'm going to part with one, it's probably Wayne's. It's probably Wayne's. Wayne's has turned himself into a nice player. I don't think he's a great player. He's a nice player. He is an incredibly sure tackler. He has attributes. I think if you were to explore the market with both players, the probably more realistic move is Wayne's. There's more interest on the market for a 27-year-old. I think with Wayne. that contract, right. now, now, now you're going to have to pay him after 2019. And my guess is if you're going to trade for him, you would do the extension right now. So you would wipe out that uh, fifth-year option. That's going to be quite a bit that he's going to play on for the Vikings in 2019 and do an, a new contract now, multi-year deal. But, yeah, I think if I was uh, if I had to trade one, and I, I thought to myself, I'm going to explore the actual value of said player, it'd be Wayne. Manny, do you have enough faith in, in some of those guys that Judd was just talking about who on the depth chart are behind Rhodes and Wayne's? You have Hughes, Alexander, Holton Hill stepped up mm-hmm. late in last season. Do you have enough faith in, in those guys and in, in Mike Zimmer's cornerback whispering ways that you'd be willing to part with either Rhodes or Wayne's this offseason to free up some cap space? Yeah, I'd, I definitely have enough faith in those guys to let one of Rhodes or Wayne's go. Um I mean, Mike Hughes was a first-round pick, so it's like they they better have some faith. Put in up him. or shut up time. Yeah, right. I mean, and and you know, and he'll be he's coming off a of, he's coming off a significant injury, and you know, hopefully you see how he performs in camp, how much he's able to do in camp coming off the injury and everything. That's going to be important. But I mean, you drafted Mike Hughes, I think, with the idea in mind that you may end up losing a Trey Waynes or a Xavier Rhodes eventually down the line. I mean, that's why you took him in the first round. And then you got you got Holden Hill, who came on strong in the second half of the season when he got more playing time. And again, I'll go back to what I've been saying about Mike Zimmer. Hey, you are you are a defensive mind. You are respected around the league as a great defensive mind. I mean, you got to elevate some of these some of these other guys, Mackenzie Alexander. You've got to elevate these guys. If there's and make one them place on this roster where Mike Zimmer is, where Mike Zimmer can make uh, chicken salad out of chicken bleep, it would be <laughs> on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, and specifically, as you guys are pointing out, at the cornerback position, that seems to be his mo that he can take guys at at cornerback who maybe aren't. NFL ready or are NFL ready, but just get a little bit more out of them and mold them to fit his system and to be more productive players than a lot of people thought they could be. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and this is the one place too, where, where if I'm going to get creative about creating cap room, if I'm going to help myself potentially on the offensive side of the ball, 
Make some sense. You got to make some sacrifices. Well, they're going to have to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, now, could you get where you need to be by releasing Griffin, Sheldon walks? Probably. You let Barr go. But, but back to, to the point of the decision that they're going to have to make is, okay, if you keep Waynes and, and he plays on that fifth-year option in 2019, he's going to get paid a ton now. So do you jump the gun there and try and, and trade him first? It's at least for him. it's at least worth exploring. Meanwhile, it, it makes sense to explore it. At the safety position, it seems like a foregone conclusion from everything that I'm reading and hearing. Andrew Sandejo is is gone, right? Yep. His, his yep. time as a Viking is over. Harrison Smith, on the other hand, he's going nowhere because that guy Well, he's going to Canton. Eventually. Well, yeah, but he is he's the <laughs> cornerstone of this defense and safeties like that are really, really hard to find. So Harrison Smith won't be going anywhere anytime soon, but who do you guys have faith in that can step up and play alongside Harrison Smith and replace Andrew Sandejo? Right now on the roster, you have uh, J. Ron Curse, Anthony Harris, and George Eloka. Harris. Yeah. Harris is a nice player. He's not great, but he's solid. And, and again, this comes back to the fact that since Mike took over this team, for the most part, let's say in the last three years, four years, the defensive backfield's been really good. And that is a tough place. I, I can't tell you how many times I saw this team in the defensive backfield be absolutely atrocious and awful. Boy, was it bad under and Leslie Frazier. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Well, it was bad under And, you know, with, was a defensive back, wasn't he? Leslie yes, Frazier? he was. When he yeah. played? It doesn't mean a thing. Okay. And you know what, Brad? Tampa 2 scheme. Brad didn't exactly have killer defensive backs. Right. Now, now, he had Antoine who was fantastic. And Cedric Griffin was okay. But Cedric Griffin at the end there was playing. I don't know what he was doing. Right. But the fact is that this guy as a coach is showing that he, he can develop players there. And so, Sandejo, if you guys recall, about four years back, we all thought, Andrew Sandejo is awful. And we all thought they're going to re- release him, they're going to replace him. And Zimmer kept saying, no, no, he'll, he'll be, be fine. And at the time, he was fine. So I think if you go from Sandejo to Harris... You're fine. It's not going to be, he's not going to wow you. But as you said before, you've got Smith. If you have a backfield, let's say, defensive backfield of Smith, Harris, Rhodes, um, let's say Hughes and Hill, it's going to be fine. You'll probably have, uh, with Harris instead of Sandejo, you'll probably have a few less uh, helmet to helmet. Personal foul penalties in the backfield. Yeah, that's true too. The defensive backfield. That's absolutely true. <laughs> but if you if you do what you guys are talking about doing, which is trading one of the two, Xavier Rhodes or Trey Waynes, and it seems like we're all leaning Trey Waynes, and let Andrew Sandejo walk, much like you did with Mike Hughes, where you and I don't know, you wouldn't go first round to do this. But Safety? You no, but you have to think down the line as yeah. far as your defensive backs. You're in an NFL offseason, you're not always operating as far as this year when you make a particular move if you're if you're stripping down your defensive backfield like we're saying you strip it down you're going to have to use some draft picks to set yourself sure. up down the road aren't you you're going to have to get a cornerback and or a safety in in a pretty valuable with a pretty valuable pick at some point safety, in this draft I don't. aren't you safety i don't okay. safety i and and you took a cornerback first round last year that doesn't mean i don't draft one i do but no, I think you, you go to Zim and say, we took Mike Hughes first round because of this. And and Holton Hill's a great find. Holton Hill's an mm-hmm. impressive find. So I would definitely draft a corner, 
I wouldn't draft one high in 2019. Third, fourth round, maybe. Safety, though, I can find you safety. Like if you're if you're like we got to bring in more safeties, I can find you safety. Unless, yeah, I, unless it's unless you're taking Harrison Smith or uh, an Ed Reed or a Troy Polamalu in the first round, then yeah, I'd probably leave safety alone. If they drafted a safety in the first two rounds, I will drive there personally <laughs> and rip the draft machine out of the wall. Now cornerbacks, corner cornerbacks, I'll give you a lot more on because yeah. they're they are not simple to find. But if you draft a safety high up this year, you're off your rocker. Anthony Harris will be just fine. All right. So Anthony that, Harris is just fine. That's our uh, that's our breakdown of the uh, Vikings cornerbacks, Judd and I, in the Rami and Judd versions of Purple Daily. We'll be going position by position and breaking the Vikings down on Purple Daily throughout the offseason. Meanwhile, there was... There was I wouldn't even, would you call it a fire started around Antonio Brown and the Minnesota Vikings before the weekend? It was started within the building. Within the building. I mean, okay, yeah. Fair to Collar say. Collar dropped a match and gasoline well, Xavier, and newspapers and rags. was actually the first one to do mm, it. He, yeah. he tweeted, welcome to town, A.B., and, and tagged okay, Antonio look, Brown. Xavier Rhodes handed Collar a match. <laughs> Collar went down Collar the street to S.A. He went down the street to S.A., got a can of gasoline, bought a stack of Star Tribune, and Pioneer Presses and found some rags in the garbage, brought them in the studio, and lit the whole damn thing on fire. And then Antonio Brown, he he also visited the SA, bought some more gas, some more newspapers. Yeah, exactly. Some more, and He's like, aren't you Matthew Collins? Right, exactly. Aren't you Antonio Some Brown? more tinder for the fire of Antonio Brown coming to the great state of Minnesota. It's football tinder. Right. <laughs> Right after you want this. the Vikings to swipe right? <laughs> You're listening to Purple Daily, Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. The heart wants what it wants. Minnesota sports. Will you accept this website? Most definitely. Absolutely, I will. Scorenorth.com. <laughs> It's Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makloff. That's Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. So before we get into what what happened this weekend, for those who are just tuning in, Judd, can you give a quick recap on how Antonio Brown to the Vikings even became a thing in the minds of some, namely our very own Matthew Collar? Uh, sure. On Friday morning... Or thereabouts, if I am not mm-hmm. mistaken. Xavier Rhodes of the Vikings, who I don't believe was in town, it turns out, tweeted, Welcome to Minnesota, Antonio Brown. So people are like, What the hell is this? What's going on? This is. So at some point in time, Rhodes. And by the way, Xavier Rhodes knew exactly what he was doing. When of course, he did that. of he course. He knew he, he did. was starting a forest fire. Of course right. he did. Yeah. So Rhodes then got back on Twitter and said, "He's. I hear he's in town. Calm down. But to your point, he knew exactly what he was doing. So then Collar's like, this is not a bad idea. I like this idea. And as Collar is wont to do, as the day progressed, he grew more and more in love with the idea of Antonio Brown being traded to the Vikings. Right. So I came on his show on a Score North Live with Matthew Collar at uh, 3 p.m. on Friday, and we proceeded to spend most of the hour talking about that. And I said, no, no, no. I said, I'm not doing it. I'm not I'm not bringing in a... a diva like this or a guy like this who needs the but and we went back and forth and of course collar became more emboldened about the idea mm-hmm. so so yesterday we each did a back and forth 
on the website that that you you can find right now on scorenorth.com documenting, in Collar's case, why he thinks the Vikings should make the trade, and in my case, why was, I am against the was trade. Was this just a transcription of a text conversation you no, guys were having no, throughout the day? No. Okay. This was the old thing where I typed up the lead to it. He responded to me by saying, here's why. I responded to him saying, you're flipping crazy. <laughs> and then he came back and said, no, here's why I'm still right. And then that's it. So then, it's, a quick, it's a quick read. And then over the weekend... The Timberwolves, actually it was during, yeah, thank you for this. during the All-Star game, yes. tweeted out, at Adam Schefter, is this why you're here? And a picture accompanied that tweet of Antonio Brown in a Wolves jersey. And Antonio Brown quote tweeted that and said, ready to start my new career. Antonio Brown seems open to a move to Minnesota. And Bill Barnwell, in his five moves that could improve the Vikings that we've been going through the entire hour here on uh, Purple Daily, says add a third wideout to replace Laquan Treadwell. Uh, Antonio Brown makes a pretty good third wideout for the Minnesota Vikings. What did you say, Manny? I will say this. And let me remind uh, my favorite NBA team uh-huh. that uh, Antonio Brown is pretty good buddies with one Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Who plays in uh, Philadelphia and, right now. And in fact, Jimmy made it very clear that in uh, causing the discord that he did in the Wolves locker room, he was taking a page from his buddy Antonio Brown. <laughs> so you're exactly right. But anyway, <laughs> back to your thoughts. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think... I, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think if it did on the football field, I don't think it would hurt. I honestly don't think it would hurt. And I, I, I'm of the belief that with this quarterback, knowing what we know about this quarterback now after watching him play for a year with this team, he needs to be surrounded by as much talent as humanly possible. And that's... That includes the offensive line, that includes the backfield, that includes tight end or tight ends, and that includes the wide receiver position. So I think if you can add depth to it, if you can add another talented weapon for him to throw to, it can only make him even better. I mean, they had two of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and we're still looking at Kirk Cousins and wondering, what the hell? In a realistic world. In a realistic to, world, it's to, not going to happen. To put aside all the reckless speculation for a second, A, it's not going to happen. No. And B, you don't really need Antonio Brown. As far as needs go for this Minnesota Vikings team go, you don't need Antonio Brown because at this point, all you need at the wide receiver position is a third wide receiver. And Antonio Brown goes above and beyond that, both in what he does on the football field and in what you'll have to pay him to do those things on the football field. You need an improvement on... Laquan Treadwell. That's all you need. You need now. Now I I did some uh, uh, contract numbers crunching. By the way, they took him uh, before Sterling Shepard, Michael Thomas, and Tyler Boyd were all off the board in 2016. And according to Collar, according to Collar, the Steelers would have to pick up some of Brown's cap hit uh, for 2019. But if they didn't with his contract. The combined cap hit of Cousins and Brown, I mean, this is for two positions, right? Mm -hmm. And two players, two players, $50.2 million. All right, now let's extrapolate this again financially, okay? With me so far? Yes. Okay. Stefan Diggs, and deservedly so, this is not anything against him at all, but he deservedly got a five-year, $72 million contract last summer. 
that will have a cap hit that accelerates this year to $12.5 million, okay? Adam Thielen, I think we all agree, is going to get a reworked contract extension that's going to be far richer. So if we're just talking about this from a simple contractual money output point, are you really going to be paying three guys that much? No. So that's, that is as much fun as this is to speculate about and talk about. Just from that standpoint, if you, as I wrote in the piece I did trying to go back and forth with Collar, if you go to, if you are Rick Spielman and you go to Ziggy Wilf and you say, all right, I need to help Kirk. And he says, okay, how so? And you say to him, I need Antonio Brown. Because <laughs> here, here's the deal. I got to prop up this guy to a point where my depth chart needs to read in some form, Brown digs Thielen. The next words to me should be, you're fired. Get out. <laughs> Rick, Rick. Yes, Ziggy. What do you think of my idea? You're fired. But that is that because of Antonio's... Antics. Off the field antics? No, I just gave you the financials. The financials, sure. That's one position. <laughs> I mean, the Steelers, even if they absorb some of the cap hit, are only going to take some of the cap hit, not the whole thing. So now you're talking about one position group and or, as I said, if you elect to go the Cousins-Brown route, two players who are eating up an amount of your cap room that's ridiculous. What's the NFL? What's the salary cap for twenty nineteen? I gotta find it. It's gone up again, of course, but like it's still, but it's still not enough for me to be a- able to <laughs> put my head on the pillow at night and say Brown digs stealing. Be like a thirty year payroll. And the other question I've got too is, is which one of these guys doesn't get the ball as much now? Because it's going to have to be one of them. I don't care how much they throw. Or do you just not ever throw to Kyle Rudolph ever again? Well, I was going to say, or do you not throw to Delvin Cook? Or do you not hand the ball off at all? And so you're just throwing constantly. Run and shoot. Right. I don't know. But that might just depend on the quarterback too, right? I know. I mean, but, is he, if, but which one of them, I guess my question is, which one of them all right, can you go, go to and say, I know your catches are way down, dude, but this is great. And... And that player is going to be, this is fantastic. Like Antonio Brown, the first time he doesn't get the ball. And, and oh, here's <laughs> another point, too. What's going to happen the first time the cameras pan to the sideline after Brown and Cousins have a miscommunication of some sort? Because the code Kirk Cousins is demonstrating to Antonio the, Brown how to run routes. Because the code words weren't right. And Kirk, <laughs> and Kirk, yes, Kirk is, is saying, you got to do this. You got to stick your foot and yeah. cut this way. And Antonio it, Brown is like, are you telling me how to play wide receiver? Yes. Could you imagine... That Seattle game where Cousins threw the ball backwards to Latavius Murray when Adam Thielen was wide open over the middle. Could you imagine if that was Antonio Brown instead of Adam Thielen? You know and what? Adam Thielen was animated that game because he dropped an F-bomb maybe that went Kirk, over the air. Maybe Kirk could just explain to Antonio, here's what you got to do next time. <laughs> okay, so since you're not interested in Antonio Brown. But and, are you? <laughs> I mean... I'll be honest, the, the prospect of Diggs, Steelen, and Brown as your three wide receivers is very, very intriguing to me. But, I mean, like... It's you not got, feasible. Exactly. You guys have pointed out all the reasons why it probably cannot happen. And, and, and number one, as Manny said, is a third of your payroll is going to be, once you get through extending Diggs and Thielen, a third of your salary cap uh, hit is going to be going to your three wide receivers. That's just not... 
you can't construct an NFL roster when operating that way, and especially when your quarterback is making almost $30 million a year. So this is just not something that can happen in the real NFL world. It's sure fun to talk about. But it is, man. And, and, and you know, Judd, I, I, don't, I don't buy into the Antonio Brown character issues as much as you do. I, he's a wide receiver, and wide receivers act like divas in the NFL, especially the star wide receivers. I think that's a personality trait that... Uh, on, on the one hand, it, it, it helps them succeed because you're out there on an island by yourself and you have to have a certain personality, I think, to succeed at that position and in that situation. And on the other hand, it can be the downfall of a lot of these guys and cause some problems in the locker room. But I don't, I don't think Antonio Brown is the malcontent that he's sold as because, and I'm going to keep coming back to this, you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers organization and they seem to have a lot of problems. So I tend to think that Antonio Brown isn't necessarily the root of the problems, more just a guy who got caught up in the whirlwind. Question for you. Yes. Should the Packers pursue him? I think they have a pretty good one in Devontae Adams, and they have holes of their own to fill elsewhere on the roster. So I don't know that Antonio Brown's contract fits into what they're trying to do either. And also... I know the narrative is Aaron Rodgers has no weapons to work with. They used three draft picks on wide receivers last year, and we saw a good deal of two of those guys in Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, and now I'm drawing a blank on him. St. Brown and, or whatever. Yes, yeah. and Equinemius St. Brown. Who takes two guys with names that long? <laughs> <laughs> and I honestly, I liked what I saw from both of those guys. And if you, if you can show something in your rookie year as an NFL wide receiver and yeah. you have Aaron Rodgers throwing you the football – chances are you have a, a pretty bright future. So I think at wide receiver, the Vic- the Packers are actually doing pretty good. But again, the, the prospect of Devontae Adams on one side and Antonio Brown on the other side is intriguing and I'm sure very appealing to Packers fans right now. It seems like with the Packers, upgrading at tight end might be a, a pretty yeah, good Yeah, I'm just cutting ties with and, Jimmy Graham. Because I mean, Jimmy Graham is just, he's just done. He's been done for how long now, too? A couple of years. I, it, this is not... Lo- Last year was not the first time I watched him and said, okay, it's gone. I feel like he might have had maybe like one productive year in Seattle. But you know what happened with Jimmy Graham? And I think a lot of people, a lot of people looked at Jimmy Graham leaving Seattle and they went, well, they just didn't use him right, which I think there is a case to be made that they didn't use Jimmy Graham right in Seattle. But here's the thing. While they weren't using Jimmy Graham right, he was also aging three years. Absolutely. And in the NFL, three years is an eternity. So he left Seattle, and I think a lot of people thought, oh, he'll be in a better offensive system. He's going to have a better quarterback. They'll use him more properly. So, of course, Jimmy Graham's career is going to turn back around, and people forgot that he was three, four years older than when they saw Jimmy Graham doing special things with the Saints. That gets to the fantastic point of, of the Saints saw it coming. And it might not not have been completely there yet, but the Saints saw that. And that's the thing about this league. Never, ever, ever reward a player for services rendered previously. Always pay a guy on what you think he can do. Never reward him. It's football. And the other thing, and this is true about Griffin, Rudolph, that whole list of guys, be right. You're better off to cut them a year too early than hang on too late. I agree. And, and that's 100%. why fan, fans are yeah. like, but I love Griffin or I love Kyle. He's great in the community. I don't care. This is a business. You are much better off being right about when you cut ties and you are better cutting ties a year too early than trying to hang on two years too late. Well, and I think the Vikings, 
even if they're going to hold on to Kyle Rudolph, they need to find another tight end anyway. And they need to restructure him as well. Yeah. He he needs to, he is another guy who needs to come back on their terms. And if you don't like it, too bad. So let me ask you this. If Antonio Brown is out then, and we'll we'll get more in depth with this when we get to wide receivers in our position by position breakdown, we all agree they need a third wide receiver better than Laquan Treadwell. Are you exploring free agency to see if you can get a guy yeah. at a bargain basement deal? Are you looking in the draft at a wide receiver? No, How do you well, upgrade the wide receiver position? Um, I, I think I would probably, after I make the roster moves I'm going to make to free up cap space, I explore the open market first. I might draft one, but i probably try and sign a veteran solid th- third guy. You know, let's remember, Kirk continued to look at a guy that can't play. Like Laquan <laughs> Treadwell was not a disappointment. He is a bust. He cannot play. He is terrible. So your upgrade does not have to be massive. It it needs to be a human being with hands who can catch the ball. <laughs> now I can tell you right now, that's not me keep, and it's not Laquan. You gotta keep Laquan around, Judd. He's such a good blocker, you know. Oh, and he does not even a good blocker. But he's just a <laughs> but he's just a bust. So so get yourself get yourself a guy. He doesn't need to be dynamic. He needs to be able to, just as a starting point, literally be a human being who can catch a football. Again, catch Judd and uh, Matthew Collins going back and forth in the written word about Antonio Brown. That's up at scorenorth.com, as well as uh, Collar's Future of the Vikings series is available up at scorenorth.com and so much more uh, Vikings broadcasting uh, going on there. You have the Purple Podcast, Vikings Vent Line, this fine show, Purple Daily, which is uh, every day at noon here on Score North on 1500, as well as streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Vikings talk every weekday at noon, 52 weeks a year right here at Score North. And if, if I'm not mistaken, too, on Score North Live today, Collar is going to have a guest from Pittsburgh to talk about the prospect of tra- trading for Antonio Brown. <laughs> so you will you will hear the rebuttal to uh, how stupid Judd is starting at 2 o'clock. He's going far with this. He's not, he's, he's not going to give up on it. No, no, no. Into the ground, yeah. Xavier Rhodes, I'm going to send Rhodes a note saying, you bleep what he bleep how this is all your fault. And all you got to do to find all our Vikings programming at scorenorth.com, your Score North app, wherever you download podcasts, is search Score North Vikings. And a programming note if you're listening live right now at Score North on 1500 or streaming us at scorenorth.com, Touch Em All is coming up next. Talk some baseball, talk some twins with Derek Wetmore from Twins Camp and a visit from Thad Levine, the GM, at 145. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.